Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com What up, homies? Welcome back to the Outkick Bets podcast with me, your host, Jeff Clark. It's Monday, April 24th, and I got the hoops handicap and homie David Troy here connected with me on Zoom. We're going to break down the two game fours in the uh, NBA playoffs tonight. First, the Memphis or the Miami Heat hosting the uh, Milwaukee Bucks, and then the Memphis Grizzlies visiting the Los Angeles Lakers. David, how was your weekend gambling on the NBA playoffs? Uh, Saturday sucked. Yesterday was good. Uh, Saturday, it was, I was on DeAndre Ayton over 15 and a half points. And he ended at 15, went one for four from the free throw line and missed, I would say, somewhere between three and 7,000 easy dunks in that <laughs> game. So, yeah, somewhere. I'm not, I'm not sure exactly how many, but. It's just uh, your usual yeah. 2022, yeah. 2023 dick kicking. Yeah. yeah, I was like, oh, okay, so perfect. Feels like the regular season, doesn't it? I Yeah, I think he had 11 points in the first half, too, so that was even more fun. Dude, I hate <laughs> Aiton. We went back and forth on that guy so many times. He has so yeah. much more skill than than yeah. like the production that he that he has on the court. I was looking at his draft. You know how loaded that draft is? It's pretty nasty, right? Luca went. It is uh, Trey Young didn't. Wasn't uh, wasn't Jaron Jackson drafted then? Yeah, I think so. So when I was looking at it, I want to say that in that draft, if there's say maybe thirty six, the first thirty six players, I would say thirty two of them are like actual players on an NBA team, which is not the common thing for a draft. Yeah, we'll go through them real quick. First pick, DeAndre Ayton. Third, Luka Doncic. Fourth, Jackson, Jaron Jackson. Fifth, Trey Young. Eleventh, Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Uh, actually, tenth, Mikhail Bridges. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. went 14. Dante DiVincenzo went 17. Horder went 19. Grayson Allen went 21. Anthony Simons went 24. Time Lord went 27. Damn. Jalen, Jalen Brunson, Brunson went 33rd. Mitchell yep. Robinson went 36. Holy Gary Trent. All right. Well, I'm not going to bug out about Gary Trent, but I like Gary Trent Jr. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. I mean, you're, you didn't even mention people like Wendell Carter Jr., who's not amazing, but he's still a starter on the team. That's true. Yeah. You got Jared Vanderbilt, Bruce Brown. Yeah. Um, DeAnthony Melton, who made yeah. you some money recently, right? Yeah, dude, this was a sick draft. Good call. You got Giannis's brother as the uh, yeah, most irrelevant the man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I just saw the name at the bottom. I kept scrolling. I figured I'd say it. It was a useless point. But, yeah, dude, that's – man, this is a hell of a draft. 
Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we're not here to talk about the draft. Um, although I do have to do an NFL draft draft betting breakdown later this week, which uh, I procrastinated on, if I'm being honest. Yeah, I haven't really looked at it. I, I don't. Like... I, I very rarely draft or do draft bets. I made like three each of the last three years, and I know I've profited each draft. But it takes, like, if you're going to do the NFL draft right, which you can, you have to pretty much make it your life mission for like a month. Just to like read all the beat writers, follow all these like, like, move, uh, these like team organizational moves, um, follow, I don't know, like, trade gossip there's a lot that goes into it and between the nba playoffs college basketball which is earlier this month late last month and golf i just haven't had the time to devote to it yeah well in the nba draft if you want to bet twenty thousand dollars to win a hundred bucks you could i can guarantee it's going to be the winner victor win by am yeah there has to be some (laughs) sort of like clause where if he dies you get the money back (laughs) because that's the only way he doesn't go one yeah but yes, that's the that is a foregone conclusion. So I don't have my record in front of me. I know I'm winning in these NBA playoffs. Um, I did pretty well this this weekend, um, but I'm locked into these games. I'm I'm a matchup guy. I uh, I think the situational analysis that I have is better in the playoffs than the regular season. That's especially true this regular season where it was just a nightmare to handicap the NBA day to day. But I was able to talk myself into four plays. I got two player props, um, a side and a total in these two games. So let's let's start with the first one: uh, the Bucks at the Heat. Uh, Miami's up two one. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Giannis is uh, <laughs> has been has been announced that he will will be uh, or was announced that Giannis will play in Game Four. Um, I'm not sure what Jimmy Butler's status is. Miami Heat are seven and a half point underdogs, so I would suggest Miami uh, Butler won't be playing for the Heat. The over under is two nineteen. I'm playing the under two nineteen. I can give you my thoughts on that, but what are your um, looks in this in this game? I, I like the uh, Bucks early in this. Um, I'm not sure that they're going to cover seven. I do think Jimmy plays, um, but. It may be one of those games where if the Bucks do race out to a big lead, he just doesn't play in the second half. And they just say, all right, well, we'll go back to Milwaukee tied 2-2. So um, that's part of the reason I like it. So I haven't thought about the total much, but I can give you my thought on, on the Bucks in the first quarter, first half kind of thing. Um, it's, it's a couple of things. If you watch a Heat game, Miami fans do not show up early. So that like home court advantage that you're going to get, it's not really there in the first quarter or even the, the first half because the fans just really are not there. Like you can watch the first quarter of these games and most of the lower level seats are completely empty. So um, even these playoff games, they they don't have that same intensity early. The Bucks need to win this game, so they have to kind of come out with uh, with that intensity to try and set the tone early, set the pace. Um Giannis being back should help them in the first quarter. Uh, and then just overall, I, I think I do think Milwaukee wins this game. And I, I think they're – I don't know if they cover the seven, like I said. And you probably could have got it at like four and a half a couple days ago. But 
to me, it just seems like it makes a ton of sense to uh, to play them early rather than full game in case you know Milwaukee or uh, in case Miami does make a run or Giannis does get hurt, like you mentioned, something like that. Yeah, um, makes sense. Miami's got one of the weakest home court advantages or home advantages, really, in all of the sports. Yeah. Um, it's kind of embarrassing, especially considering how like awesome the the Miami Heat product is at least in my opinion i I know they dealt with injuries Uh, that might be a few uh one of the reasons why fans stay at home this year but generally speaking they they do suck i'm with you um i'm I'm going to the under i have a lot of analysis and a lot of facts to back it up but it all boils down to the fact that the first three went way over the total and we're due for some regression and if there was going to be a single game with regression on the total it's going to be a game where there are several stars banged up and it's a must win for for one of the teams. So that's the situation we have here. Like you said, the Bucks can't go down 3-1. They could still possibly come back and win the series even if they were down 3-1, but you know, they're they're going to pull an, uh put an all-in effort here. The Miami Heat's three-point shooting is frankly unsustainable. They've hit 50% of their threes. Now, I will say if Jimmy Butler were to play in this game, I would be on the Heat plus the points because the heater, the heater being judged by this year solely, and I don't think that's fair because the Heat have had the same team for the past four years for the most part. Two years ago, or last season, they were first in three-point shooting percentage and second in defensive three-point shooting percentage. It's the same exact team, right? These guys can hit threes. We saw Duncan Robinson light it up from three. They even added Kevin Love. Uh, Gabe Vincent's been shooting well from three. Jimmy Butler's been shooting well from three. We know this team can hit three. So maybe that's just what we see from the Heat in this series and in these playoffs. And, like, they know the Bucks. These two teams are very familiar with themselves. So I do kind of think the Miami Heat just – have the Bucks number and they're going to play this series tight. So I would take the points out if I knew Jimmy Butler was going to play, but ultimately this this game just screams a rock fight to me. The pacer or the, the the Heat had one of the lowest paces of play during the regular season. All four referees have officiated more unders and overs this season. Both these teams are like top 10 in defensive free throw attempt rate. Miami gets to the foul line a lot, but that's mostly because Jimmy Butler. If Jimmy Butler doesn't play, they're not going to get to the foul line a lot. If he's compromised, they might not get to the foul line a lot. And the Bucks surprisingly, never get to the foul line because Giannis, their primary offensive player, is kind of too afraid to get to the, off- uh, to the free throw line. So I'm liking this game to go over mostly because of the zigzag theory and just, you know, just because these two defenses are elite. And I think they're going to, they're going to, come to play this game and, and really kind of stop this trend of overs we've seen between these two. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I guess I get what you're saying. Um, you know, if Jimmy's out though, are you still comfortable with it? I know his scoring is gone, but then so is his defense. Yeah. Cause yeah. I think, I think the bucks are going to play slow. Like I think they're going to play slower regardless because of Giannis's injury. They're going to try to play through Giannis and slow it down. Like I don't think he's going to be out in transition as much. Plus sure. like Miami was fourth in defensive wide open three point attempt rate in the league during the regular season and second in paint points. I either defense is fucking it's nasty. Like they can D yeah. up. 
Like, and yeah. Eric Spolstra is one of the best defensive coaches in the league. So, like, he can figure out a way to, like, throw some different looks at Milwaukee, even without Jimmy Butler. Yeah, I guess I get that. So, and I don't think, like, Miami speeds it up regardless of Jimmy Butler's status. That's my other thing. Uh, player prop. Completely the opposite way of what I was just talking about. I'm going to go over Max Strews points, 12 and a half. Okay. Someone's got to score, right? <laughs> Someone's got to score for the Miami Heat. If Butler is out, even if Butler isn't out, Max Strews can get some quality looks. Um, he shoots better at home than on the road. He's got a better offensive rating at home than on the road. His true shooting has been awesome this this year or this this series. Around sixty nine percent, fifty three from the field, forty one or forty two percent from three. He just hasn't had a lot of usage, but I think the usage goes up with no hero out there and a dinged up Butler. So yeah, I'm going over Max Strews. I know you hate Max Strews, right? No, I have no problem with Strews. Um, oh. I actually i I have liked him. I hate the fact that the Bulls decided like oh we don't need this guy he's only a good shooter that's what it and was. that's exactly what they needed but um also yeah, i mean i i guess i'm with you one thing that i noticed Struce plays 31 minutes they don't have him defending middleton or holiday and i kind of have my thought a thought in my head that Struce is a good defender but like he can kind of save himself for offense because he's not really he's, he's guarding Grayson Allen, right? Who's pretty good. He can shoot, but like he's not gonna like you're not gonna have to play a ton of ISO defense on on, on, on Grayson Allen, right? Like he's he's playing like the fourth or fifth option out there on the on the floor for the for the Bucks. So I feel like he can save himself for offense. Yeah, I agree with that. Um I, you just are really three point dependent with Struce. That's the only issue. So how much? What's his over and under threes? Over two and a half, juice to minus one fifty five. Yeah, I mean that's on the over. Yeah, yeah. That that kind of aligns more with what you're talking about with the points. Um, this does kind of feel like one of those games though where Struce either gets ten points or thirty. Like it, it, I feel like there's almost no in between on this thing. You know, he's he's either gonna easily pass this or he won't come close in my opinion well 10 would be close i mean that's one three away well i guess what it depends on how many shots he he got do you know how many he has for this series um i could look it up yeah i don't have it pull it too um again he's shooting well but it's it is a it is a low usage he is nine of 17 which is kind of crazy considering he's playing 31 minutes per game. Yeah. Well, he only played 23 in the last game, which I'm not really sure why. Um, oh, but the other reason kind of going to the, the most. That helps my under and Struis look is Victor Oladipo's done. That guy tore yeah. his patella and like he looked pretty good out there and has given Miami some good minutes and spurts. So that's more of a reason that like Struz could be on the court more so this game. I actually really liked Oladipo. I'm sad for that guy. Yeah, it's a bummer. He knew it immediately. Oh yeah. yeah well, he's been through it before, I'm sure. So yeah, for sure. Um, Struz has yet to score 13 points against Milwaukee this season. Well, 
It's juice to the over for a reason. The market feels me, David. They feel me. Why are you arguing with me in the market? I'm, I mean. You don't believe. Just say look, it. Just say it. You hate it. No, it's not that. It's just I I have a hard time taking player props on a lot of these eat players outside of Butler and uh, Adebayo because almost none of them have like a set role in every single game. Uh, you know, Gabe Vincent is another guy on the team who he'll score like 15 points one game and then he'll have two points the next. It just, it's, it's probably a sign of good coaching from Spolstra, but some of these like other players just are really inconsistent. Actually, ironically enough, Vincent did score 16 in game two and then two in game three. So, um, that's just my only issue with it. I just have a hard time kind of betting on some of those guys seems like they're trying to get Duncan Robinson back involved because of Hero being out. He also has the best true shooting percentage in the playoffs. I just found that out today. He's been awesome. So, I think he's 10-13 yeah. from three in this, this series. Yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, maybe that actually helps your cause, too, because now he'll be open for um, – mm-hmm. or, or he'll be guarded a little heavier, and Struess might get some of those open looks. So. Yeah. And I, I hear you know, what you're saying I, about I the Struess yeah. and three-pointers, but, like, he does get to the rack here or there. He can, but like you were saying, I mean, his the most amount of field goals he's shot in this series in one game is eight so far. Um, there, There's just not much other than the, like, well, he should be due, in my opinion, for, uh, for why Struess would be getting the baskets in this one. So I'm not on the opposite side of it. I just, I personally wouldn't tell you. That's mean, but fair. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) I was also looking over Caleb Martin, nine and a half points, minus 125. He's been shooting really well, too, but I just think he's going to be counting more so on defense for Giannis or Middleton coverage. Whereas, like, Struess, it's going to be like, dude, light up Grayson Allen's ass. Like, (laughs) that's all you need to do today. I, I like the Martin play probably a little bit better. Um, because nine and a half is is basically his season average, and he's ex, uh, exceeded that all three games against the Bucks. Kevin Love is not going to be the guy that they're going to keep out there, and Martin is is their backup. And if Jimmy Butler is out, um, then Martin probably gets an increased role too. So, I do I do like that style better. But again, it's like Toronto You're trying to pick which one of their players is going to have the best game is just it's really tough. I don't have data to back this up either, but I feel like I've cashed on like all three of my Max Struess overs throughout his career. There you go. <laughs> I might be the Max Struess whisperer. There you are. Did you did you have him against my Bulls? Because uh, he definitely killed the Bulls. I may have, yeah. Like I like Max Struess's game a little bit. Didn't he play I for like DePaul? He did. He was. He's a uh, Illinois guy. He's Hickory Hills. He he grew up probably. Mm, not know, five miles from yeah he's like five miles from my house is where he grew up and he went to high school at a place that my daughter like plays basketball so i'm I'm a struce guy i I do like him but uh i just i'm not sure about this but by the way caleb martin against the the bucks has not had a game with less than 15 points or less than 12 points that was the most recent one this season i mean i can be talked into a second player prop and it feels like yeah, you just why did not? <laughs> <laughs> why not 
But Caleb Martin's looking pretty good right now. Actually. I mean, one of them got to go over, right? You would have to think that at least one of these guys go go. The Heat over. aren't scoring fifty points. They're going to get points somehow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I I do kind of like Caleb Martin, but again, it, that's another one that's a little tough, just because his minutes. Uh, the series. Let me pull him so I don't. Uh, I have him up here, twenty nine point one. Okay. So yeah, that's not actually bad. You know, I, I have he's a hard their time starter. You, you said backup. He's actually their starter. For love, he's starting over love today. Oh, I don't know about today. You know what? You're, you're right. I see. I, I think they took him out of the starting lineup game three and, and and put in Kevin Love. But like, he's no, yeah. You know what? I'm I'm wrong. He hasn't started a game this series. Excuse me. I take yeah. that back. I'm stupid. Well, I'm stupid. No, you're good. You're good. You're good. That's, you know, positivity. That's what we need in here. Um, I'm an idiot. I don't know. <laughs> I I don't know. I I do like that one better. Um, I might. I actually might get on the Caleb Martin train, but we'll see. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer with over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros. Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back and their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless from researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience. Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. I love your Duncan Robinson point. The gravity he's going to have in this game. Because you know they're sure. sitting there and like, we cannot let this mother effer beat us. Do not right. let Duncan Robinson beat us, right? right? Yeah, not this guy. He hasn't been playing for a year. <laughs> yeah, the last time he played, he actually probably lit our asses up, so we got to stop him again. Yeah. Um. Yep. All right, man, good stuff. Let's go over to Memphis uh, Lakers, unless you have any other nope. betting right. tidbits for this one. All right, game four. Lakers hosting the Memphis Grizzlies. Lakers favored four and a half. Juice on the Lakers spread over unders 221 and a half. I'm going to zigzag again. I'm thinking the Grizzlies just punch the Lakers in the mouth. With the points or the money line? Yeah, I'm going to take the points. Actually, I'm yeah. going to sprinkle on the money line as well. I am going to do yeah. that as well. Um, I think there's been too much line movement based on the Lakers convincing game one and game three victories. Um, game one wasn't that convincing. In fact, Memphis held the lead going into the second half, and I think held the lead um, late in the third quarter before Rui Hachimura and Austin Reeves went nuts. If they don't go nuts, Memphis wins that game and is 2-1 in the series right now. And then 
to me, game three is all Dylan Brooks. Like that was the most obvious bet ever was the Lakers. Like I, I hammered the Lakers. I didn't, I don't think I wrote it up for outkick. I just like, I, I know he texted you it, but it's just like, it's just an obvious thing. Like they gave them built, it gave him built uh, bulletin board material. Dylan Brooks was obviously going to try to step up offensively to prove that he was worth the shit talking. And it just killed Memphis in every single which way. You know, so I almost throw out those results. And I think that Memphis gets right. And, you know, they were five point favorites in game one with essentially the same team. You do the six point flip rule for home court, Lakers should be one and a half, two and a half point favorites, maybe. Maybe if you want to give them, you want to give them what, eight? Like, what would that be? Um, Maybe. Yeah, that'd be minus three at the most. I think four and a half is, you know, that's one and a half points worth of value here. Like, why do you, why do you think the the Lakers are that much better from now, uh, from game one till now? I I don't necessarily. Um, or why the why do you think the market thinks that? Don't you think it's an overreaction? Uh, I don't know. I mean, because honestly. This last game, I get it was bulletin board material or whatever, but this last game, it was an embarrassment by the Grizzlies. They made a huge comeback, obviously. I mean, the second quarter, they outscored them by 10 points, and then they outscored them in the fourth quarter by 10 points. But you're you're talking about they had to do that to get a 20-point deficit erased to 10 because they scored nine points in the first quarter. Yeah. If, If anything, in terms of a zigzag, me the best would be to take the Grizzlies in the first quarter because in this situation they know they have to come out and win that first quarter because of how badly they played last time like they're they're going to come out and say we can't be losing by that much to start a game like it put them behind the eight ball they, they just couldn't do anything I mean they were down they were literally down I think 30 points at one point in the quarter before they finally like got it to 26 which you know, it was bad. So then they go to go into halftime down 16, and then they, I think it was 18 points at the end of three, and then they ended up doing, you know, a 10-point game or whatever it was. So maybe it was 10 points. But regardless, they have to come out stronger. So to me, the best look would be the Grizzlies in the first quarter. I don't think I'm going to play it. I don't like either of these teams. I don't think I have a good read on either one of them. I hate the Lakers. I don't want anything for the Lakers fans to be happy. I just don't. Um, I don't like LeBron in terms of the the way that he's kind of portrayed in the media. I think he's one of the best basketball players of all time, but there's something about you know his interviews and stuff that I can't stand, so I have a hard time rooting for him right now, but that's a personal bias, and part of that also has to be recognizing it, and I'm not going to just bet on the Grizzlies because I you know, don't like LeBron at this current moment. That's fair. Um, I think the Lakers need vintage LeBron if they're going to advance in this series. And he commits too many turnovers. He plays poor defense. He has crappy body language. And he's just too old to kind of give them the effort they need. I don't know if he's too old, but I do kind of agree with you. that like, Does he really care about like this, this series? Like, Is he saving himself for like the next round? I think the Lakers should be able to win this if they can use Anthony Davis, but even Davis hasn't looked 
amazing in the series. He's been good, but yeah, I don't know. At least the I, Grizzlies have someone to throw at Davis. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And Davis did have a really good game in the last one, so I, I, I should at least kind of give him credit for that. Um, he had 31 points, 17 rebounds. It, like That's a good game. But mm-hmm. he's not a role player either. Like he's a he's their superstar, and after the two like kind of bad performances in Memphis, like him coming home, maybe that's what he needed. I don't I don't know. But uh, you know, Ja ended up having what like forty two, forty five last game for the Grizzlies, which so, you could argue is a lot of empty calories. I think it's yeah. kind of proof that he's the best player on the 45. floor. I think he is the best player on the floor. Um, only mostly because like, like Anthony Davis has a higher ceiling, but there, again, there is someone, the Grizzlies have someone to defend him. Who do the Lakers have for, for, um, John Morant? And I, you know, a part of this might be kind of my just like gut feeling and my like hatred for this Lakers team too. I think, I think Darvin Ham sucks. I think Darvin Ham sucks. I agree with you. And I think I think Russell Westbrook balling out for the Clippers all but proves that. You can sit here and say, you know, LeBron James didn't make it work. He didn't adapt his game after effectively recruiting Russell Westbrook. And that's a fair knock. That is fair. But Darvin Ham starting Patrick Beverly over Russell Westbrook was egregious. It was an embarrassment, I think. And and I, and Russell Westbrook proving that he has more left in the tank, I think is just like evidence of Darvin Ham just not being that good of a coach. And ultimately, they're gonna the Lakers are gonna go with LeBron James, and LeBron James is effectively the coach of the team. I think Darvin Ham's more of a yes man. And if LeBron James isn't LeBron James, I think their coaching sucks, and I think I think their defense outside of Anthony Davis is is terrible. So, I don't know. I give Taylor Jenkins a huge edge over over Dar- Darvin Ham. I'd agree with you on that completely. Um, we could spend an entire podcast trying to break down what happened with Westbrook and the Lakers because he was their their scapegoat for a lot of different things, and he shouldn't have been. I mean, they basically like LeBron is probably at his best when he's playing point forward, or at least he used to be. Uh, and he's dribbling it up, and he's kind of being the facilitator, but can also just dribble up score if he wants to. With Westbrook on the court, he really couldn't do that because Westbrook can't shoot very well, and Westbrook also is kind of wild with his passes, so like they needed to figure out a better solution for it, and it, it just never happened. And I agree with you. Putting him on the bench to like be like, oh, okay, you can just lead the second unit when nobody else is out there. Like okay, that that could be an idea, but you didn't really make it as effective as you you could have. So I'm with you. Darvin Ham sucks. I do think Taylor Jenkins is a better coach, um, but sometimes you know, like the Grizzlies also have been terrible on the road this season. So that's fair. You, you know, do you want to just blindly follow it and hope? Uh, this this does seem like a game that the Grizzlies should win. Just kind of embarrassed. You did make it close. It was, you know, the final score again was closer than the game actually was. Uh, but that's why I think the first quarter is probably the best look in this game, uh, just because you're getting one and a half points. 
the the Grizzlies know they have to come out with more intensity, both on defense and on offense, to stop the Lakers. And the Lakers, that was their first home game. The second one usually doesn't have as much um, emphasis or excitement around it as the first like home playoff game. So mm-hmm. that's the way I would look. I don't I don't dislike your uh, Grizzlies look at all, though, for the full game. Um, and if I if I had to play it, I would take that. Like you said, no, you know, our advantage is we don't have to play everything that the book offers. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Also, I guess the counter to my point about Jaws empty calorie numbers in the fourth quarter is like he was playing with a messed up hand and maybe it took him a while to get his rhythm. And I think that further supports your first quarter look. I mean, he's got momentum coming into this game and he's just like, dude, I just lit these guys up game three. I'm going to come out game four and light them up again. Yeah. And eventually maybe you know the lakers make some adjustments or my biggest concern is jock gets zero help from 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 his teammates like jaron jackson getting foul trouble i don't count on him offensively desmond bain who i have a look on here has been terrible against the lakers the whole year tyus jones has been awful this series you know luke Kennard's only averaging eight points per game it's shoot he's shooting pretty well but it's like dude put up more shots like what are you doing yeah he should shoot better there anyways he played half the season with the clippers so in that gym yeah and, and, and like yeah. we have a lakers fan on on staff here at outkick who just like luke Kennard kills us kills us for the clippers so i think like he could step up right i think yeah. bane and, and i think bane will step up even though i don't have a lot of stats to back that up it's more of like an eyeball thing or a gut feeling thing but no i I'm I'm down on the Lakers offense if their role players aren't hitting bullshit threes. I'm down on their team. I this is another random thing, but like why is why is why is D'Angelo Russell arguing with the media about which bottle he wants to show, showcase? Like this guy's worried about his endorsements. Like you've been this is a, how many teams has he played for in his career? Like how many times has he been moved for effectively being a shitty professional? And he's yeah, worried he about he's worried about his, I don't know. That's like a very like Stephen A. Smith skip Bayless point, but it's kind of like I don't know. I don't think the Lakers are that locked in. I think Rui Hachimura, whose shooting is going to regress, went nuts in Game One, and I think I think otherwise, LA's offense has been shit, and they're not going to be good this game. It's going to be a, probably a rock fight. I wouldn't hate a look on the under here, and I think Jaw does enough to get him over the finish line, and. Again, this is another basic angle, but like, do you think the Lakers beat the the Grizzlies in five or six games? Like, I think it's gonna is a seven game series if the Lakers advance. Probably, um, I do think that this is probably a five game series, maybe six if if the Lakers win tonight. Though, I don't, I, I think this is the kind of a pivotal game. Like, the Grizzlies mm-hmm. almost have to win this in order to win the series. Um, which again, kind of goes to your point, take the points. And even if they don't, you know, at least maybe they keep it close. Um, uh, I, I have a player prop that I was looking at as well in this game. Give it to me. I got one too. So my, mine is, uh, Jaron Jackson jr. Under one and a half threes made. And so he is, he hit two in the first game. He hit one in the second, one in the third. 
he has only taken a total of 10 threes in the series. So three in three last game, three game two, and four in game one. So he's pretty reliable to hit one three, um, but I don't have much confidence in him hitting the second because they need him by the board to try and get some offensive rebounds and keep the offense going that way. They need him to try and get Anthony Davis in foul trouble if they can, and he's not going to do that from the outside. So I, I do like uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. under one and a half threes. It, it could be an easy one that he, he beats. I mean, all he needs is to take two of them and hit them, but I just don't think that that's a, a great look for him in this series right now. I love it. I love the three-point attempt right angle here and the fact that he needs to be playing more defense. Can I add that? I mean, I got enough credit with my bookie where I can add that. I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, that gives me something to think about. I like that. And I feel like anytime I, f- I follow you on props, we, we win. Yeah. All right. Under Jaron Jackson, one half made threes. This is the man, David Troy, and I'm with him. I'm going to go over Desmond Bain, 20 and a half points. Minus 125. Um, As I wrote in my article, I think the over being heavily juiced despite Desmond Bain's poor offensive output versus the Lakers in the series in the regular season kind of speaks volumes to how the market feels Bain will have a bounce back here. Um, Also, I think he's going to get the usage to have a bounce back performance. And... I know Austin Reeves has been guarding him or defending him this series. I'll say Austin Reeves is actually a pretty good defender, right? But Desmond Bain should be able to get buckets on him. He should. I sure. mean, this guy was a fringe all-star this year, was in the mix or NBA's most improved player for most of the season before he kind of, I don't know, stumbled. And I do think the the, the Grizzlies get more out of Bain, Tyus Jones, and Luke Kennard. And – even though Bain's number is 20 and a half and it looks scary, I think Bain's going to be the guy to step up in this game. Um, so I went with him and I just think that, you know, between, between his usage and his matchup, he's going to, he's going to come through for, for, for uh job Morant and the Grizzlies. So I went over again, not, a, yeah. not the sharpest analysis, but I'm going on gut feelings there and you knows, you know, that's <laughs> what I think, you know? <laughs> so he, he's definitely getting enough volume for it to happen. And he is, he's really three point dependent. Um, cause that's where he shoots the most from. He shoots really well, typically from three. Um, if he hits four, I think you should be able to get him to cash. If he misses, you know, and he gets two or three, then you're probably hoping that he starts to decide like, okay, well, the three's not falling. I'm going to just bully Austin Reeves. Cause he's got to have, I would think 20 pounds on the guy. Oh, for, uh, sure. for sure. So like it, it should be easy enough for him to back him down or get to a spot. Um, even take him like off the dribble. I think everybody would agree. Even the Lakers, if you could have Desmond Bain or Austin Reeves, who are you going to have? You're, you're going to take Bain. He's just a better player. So I do like that. Yeah, I just looked it up. He does have almost exactly 20 pounds on Austin Reeves based on what their uh, 
listed weight is at. But. Where did you look that up? Because it says he has nine pounds on him on basketball reference. I was like, what? Uh, I'm, lo- I'm looking at ESPN. So Reeves is listed at 197 and uh, Bain is 215. Hmm, okay. So um, either way, like I, I don't know that Reeves is good enough to really stop him if he wanted to kind of like be more physical offensively with him. Also, if John Moran is getting that ass, they're going to have to yeah. make some defensive adjustments. Right. And guys they're going to start switching. Looks. Yeah, Bain will be open. Especially if Bain's shooting Brooks. bad. They're like, hey, whatever, just leave him open. Yeah. They'll, they'll just need to tell Dylan Brooks, hey, stop shooting, please. I hope Dylan Brooks wisened up. Like, dude, you have no business to be talking talking shit to LeBron James. Oh, absolutely not. To, to try and say, like, you're not going to respect a guy until he puts 40 on you in the series, LeBron James is the all-time leading scorer in the NBA. What else does this guy have to prove that, like, you shouldn't talk crap about him? I don't get it. And, I, I mean, again, I'm a Jordan guy, but, like, I recognize how great LeBron is. For Just, sure. What are you doing here? <laughs> Brooks is just a moron. He loves the attention. That's got to be the only thing. Or he's, or he has some real mental illnesses. I kind of think it might be the mental illness. If you look at like his his highlight reel or low light reel of just things he's done in his like basketball career, like he has one of the worst flops in basketball history when he was in Oregon. Yeah. Like it was egregious. I saw it. Yeah. Like the nut tab thing. I think it was accidental, but like someone, I think, I don't know, someone I heard this morning, I just consumed so much content, I can't remember, but someone was like, it's usually the same players that do the dumb shit. I think that's a fair point. Like, it's not that coincidental that Dylan Brooks is the one to punch LeBron James in the nuts, you know? Yeah. And he's just a, he's just a knucklehead. I do think him... Lance Stevenson. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do think like, I love Lance Stevenson. Damn it. I wish you didn't say that. But anyways, <laughs> I, I think uh, I do think him him not taking any questions post game three is kind of like him admitting like, you know, what, maybe I should chill. <laughs> like this series should not be about me. You know what I mean? I am. I am a role player. Whether what if the Grizzlies didn't allow him to, too, I, that can also be a thing. Either way, it's kind of like good. Good. Whether yeah. whether he got there himself or Taylor Jenkins, like, listen, dude, keep your shut mouth up. shut. Yeah. Keep your goddamn mouth shut. All right. Yeah. Had like, enough. Like you should be the. It, he had one more shot than Jaron Jackson and one less than Desmond Bain, and I yeah. pretty much just wrote in my article like, no, right, N- no, that cannot. You cannot. Ha- you cannot have that. It cannot right. happen. Like and he, he shouldn't have more points. shots than Luke Kennard. Ever. In no basketball game should Dylan Brooks have more shots than Luke Kennard. Hey, he's got a really ugly shot. Yeah. He's a bad basketball, bad professional basketball player. Yeah. I'm not convinced that he's that great of a defender either. No. But. Because he he defends a preeminent position, right? And at the end of the day, it's like, okay, what is he going to do? Like, he's not stopping Siakam. He's not stopping Durant. He's not stopping Kawhi, right? He's not right. stopping all-star all-star level wings he's not stopping Middleton he's not stopping Butler like, yeah dude you could shut down I, I don't even know what, what does that even leave him like I, I'm struggling to find like a below average small forward off the top of my head right because I'm in playoff mode but like 
whatever that guy. Like, yeah, you can hold R.J. Barrett to 12 points. Whatever, dude. <laughs> Congrats. <laughs> yeah, you know? So yeah. I'm sprinkling on the Grizzlies money line. It is plus 165 right now. I'm taking the four and a half, and I'm going over Desmond Bain points. The under for the Bucks Grizzlies just went down to 218 from 219. So maybe there's. You mean Bucks Heat? What did I say? Bucks Grizzlies? Yeah, Bucks, Bucks Grizzlies, Heat. Yeah. yeah, the Juice actually switched to Lakers minus four and a half, minus 115 as well. So that's what it was when I first when I first read it. Oh, maybe yeah. maybe I didn't say that, but yeah. So if that's the case, I haven't bet the Grizzlies plus four and a half. I'm giving it out now as content purposes, but for all you guys, I'd probably just wait. I mean, like, you know, I'm an L.A. guy. Everyone loves the Lakers. They're the most popular team. Like, money's probably coming in the Lakers later tonight, so just wait probably. for five, five and a half. Yep. But I lock it in at four and a half for content purposes. All right, bro. Do we check all the boxes? Do we do we, we did. discuss all the things you want to discuss? Yeah, we did. Who do you like in baseball tonight? Uh, I actually liked a lot of different games, but I like the Rangers a lot. Um, I think they're going to be able to beat the Reds with relative ease. I um, kind of like the under in Red Sox Orioles, which is at eight now. Um they got Chris Sale and Dean Kramer pitching, and I think both of them have kind of adjusted finally. Um, and then I, I liked the Braves, but I wasn't going to play. I wasn't going to give out the run line minus 125. I've, I've done too many uh, run lines at negative numbers, and I don't like doing that. And then I, I took the Twins minus one and a half at plus 140 over your Yankees. Sunny Gray, that piece of crap. Oh. I actually I wrote about how Yankees fans hate Sonny Gray. Yeah, we do hate Sonny Gray. I'm Ball's not like one of those aggressive Yankee fans that craps on players too early. I think we uh, gave him enough time, and yeah. I was willing to let bygones be bygones and say it didn't work. But I think he like crapped on the Yankees when he left, and just I don't know talked about the the team, the market, and pretty much. Instigate, uh, insinuated, excuse me, that he didn't get a fair shot. I was like, no, nah, dude, you sucked. You didn't throw a strike for like two months. I saw it, bro. You're not, you weren't good for us. Like, you know, maybe just the New York media thing doesn't work for him. I'm, I'll live with that, right? But yeah. don't, don't shit on the Yankees, dude. Yeah, I don't know. But one other thing I want to bring up I'm six and one in the NHL playoffs now. You got a Stanley Cup playoff look for Monday? Uh, I do. I posted it on Outkick, and I don't know that it's a good look because it's. I would I would consider this kind of riskier, and I I think I even wrote that. Um, but I took the under in Toronto versus Tampa, which every game has already gone over seven, or I mean six and a half goals. But I took the under because I think both of them need to play better defense tonight. Um. Tampa definitely needs to play better defensively in order to stop Toronto. And I got my wires mixed home. up. I was like, wait, Blue Jays Rays. Yeah, they have been playing pretty good <laughs> offense. <laughs> it's like, wait, yeah. wait, we shifted gears to hockey. All right, yeah. Yeah, so I, I took the under. It It's almost kind of like the same philosophy you had with um, with the Bucks heat 
it, it's just one of those games where they, they kind of need to do something different. Um, so I did under six and a half in that game. I, I will fully admit, though, tomorrow, you know, if it loses, I'll be like, well, I was just flat out wrong. I, I, I mean, I knew they were both good offensively, and I still said, don't don't uh, don't worry about it. It'll be fine. Well, you won't have to do that in this program because if we connect tomorrow, we'll just keep it NBA and we'll discuss That's right. Stanley yeah. Cup failures. That's right. All right, homies. Well, you can follow uh, David on Twitter at FuturePres2024. You can no longer follow me on Twitter because I have been permanently banned. You can read about that on Outkick. I'm trying to get it back, trying to get my Twitter account back, but Daddy Elon Musk is real mad at Jeff, so I don't know if I'm... (laughs) I don't know just, if I'm going to get it back. Yeah, just make a new account. I'll, we'll all tweet it out. Get, you, get you your followers back. Unbelievable. All right. Well, hey, best of luck to you guys, homies. Will you fade or follow us? I'll talk to you probably tomorrow. Peace. Peace.